Hey everybody, it's Chetzar here. Welcome to another episode of the Dark Art Society podcast. Today we have episode 166, which is my interview with Brian Despain, who's a great artist. I'm a big fan of his and uh, been wanting to have him on for a long time, actually. Um, as you may have noticed, I postponed this week's episode or last week's episode and moved it to this week. Because uh, all the, the protests going on, I just felt kind of weird about putting a show up that's, you know, an, about art at a time like this. Um, and I didn't want uh, Brian's interview to get overshadowed either, so it just seemed like the right thing to do. Um, yeah, how about those protests? Pretty amazing. I, I'm I'm uh, uh, very happy about them and uh, proud of these people who are going out and taking the time and risking, you know, COVID-19 um, to make this statement that's needed, been, needed to have been made for quite a long time. And it's really uh, heartening to me. Is heartening a word? It's really... A beautiful thing to see this happening all over the world. I mean, it's amazing. This is amazing. I don't know if maybe people, a lot, I think a lot of people don't realize how, how big this is and how kind of incredible it is and what a long time coming it's been. And it's about goddamn time. So uh, thank you to everybody who's out there protesting. It's amazing. Um, and, uh, Sending out the good vibes to you to keep you safe and uh, make some real change in this country and the world. So I was interviewed yesterday on Instagram by an artist named Jake Cobrin, who's a visionary artist. He's really, really great. Cool guy, nice guy, but a great artist as well. So he invited me on his live stream to do an interview. And, you know, we were talking about dark art and uh the idea that dark art is 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 good and um spiritual and the real danger is keeping things keeping the darkness below the surface and ignoring it um you know this we we're kind of talking in the context of the protests and you know the the real danger is is when these things are left unexamined, these dark impulses that human beings have, and uh, they need to come out. And so bringing them to the surface and showing them through art is, you know, it's a healing thing. Just because it's creepy or ugly or scary or whatever, it's, it's you know, when you look deeper, it's, it's, a, it's a, a healthy thing to do. And it's a... Uh, uh, you know, it's one of the things that really gives dark art so much value. It's a necessary thing that needs to happen. And so anyway, Jake brought this great um, point up that as dark artists, we go into the collective unconscious and dredge up the kind of evil stuff that's, that's pushed down below the surface and bring it out to show people so that they can consider it 
and it can kind of like make a little dent in their psyche and maybe consider things and maybe think about things differently. And it's because, because, you know, we know what happens when you push things down and you don't deal with problems that are beneath the surface. I mean, they come up and, you know, they come out through violence and stuff like that. So, um, he was saying it's kind of like a collective exorcism or dark artists are kind of performing these little exorcisms with their art, uh, for the collective unconscious, uh, for, for the collective, you know? And I thought that was just a really cool way to look at, look at it. Um, you know, like we're doing a service, <laughs> which I thought was kind of amazing. So anyway, thanks for that, Jake. That was awesome. So you can listen to it on his Instagram. It's, it's up as one of his posts, Jake Cobrin, K-O-B-R-I-N. I'm not sure what it, his, uh, his, uh, actual Instagram account is, but if you search Jake, Jake Cobrin or Jacob Cobrin, I think it will come up. So let's do the new subscribers and then get on with the interview. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, that's it. Um, Let's see. Okay. I think I left off at Terry Fairchild. Uh, okay. We have Gypsy Antra. Thank you, Gypsy Antra. And we have Richard Potter. Join the Patreon. Thank you, Richard. And we have Maritza. Maritza. M-A-R-I-T-Z-A. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Hope to see you on the Friday Night Art Jam. If you want to join, you know, like I always say, if you want to join the Patreon, you can join for as little as a dollar a month, and you support the podcast and all of that good stuff. So it's patreon.com slash darkartsociety. All right, so uh, let's get on with the Brian Despain interview. He's an awesome guy, uh, really nice guy, easy to talk to, and a great artist. So check it out, and I hope you enjoy it. What's up, Brian? How you doing? I'm doing good. good. I'm doing good. Huh? What? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sitting here. It's it's hot out. It's like 80 something here. It's uh, I know here too. Yeah, yeah. I just uh, turned off my air conditioning. I can't. That's a bummer about this podcast. I can't have the air conditioning on because it. Oh man! Know, so it's like it's good now. But by the end of it, I'm going to be sweating. That's all right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, thank you for coming on the show. I I mean I I I, I we haven't met, have we? Uh, one time. Uh, I think we met in the parking lot of Copro Nason okay. <laughs> uh, during the, um, do you remember the heavy metal show? Heavy we, metal magazine? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, kind of nuts. Uh, we were just about, we had driven up, uh, we, had, we were living in um, Oceanside at the time. Hmm. And so we had, uh, my wife and I had driven up and it was, um, it's like a two hour drive. It's ridiculous how right. long it takes to drive around. So we were just like tired of believing, but you were outside. I think we're eating a hot dog. But no, uh, not a hot dog. Cause I don't eat meat. <laughs> uh, Maybe it's a vegan hot dog or something. It was a taco truck there. That's okay. Right. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so we chatted. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like, 
I mean, like, we've known each other on the internet for, God, forever. I know. That is the, literally the only time we've seen each other face Okay, face. yeah, yeah. And it was, it was all of, like, two minutes. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel like I know you. It's funny, though, I say this all the time on the podcast, is I interview people that I feel like I know because I've been showing with them forever, and we've been running in the same circles, and I know them from online. Yeah. But... I don't actually know anything about them. I've never sat and talked to them. So it's so cool to be able to. Yeah. It's, and it's funny too, because I've had the same experience at other shows where you get introduced by a third party to somebody Mm -hmm. and and you're like, Oh yeah, I know you. Right. (laughs) Like I know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's a funny thing, but yeah, it's a, I understand. I I get it. It's weird. It's, It's it feels like, like you know, with as with most of the people on here that I interview, because I interview people that I like, that I think are good, that I want, that I'm interested in, and um, I always feel like I know them, and it's like we have this rapport immediately, like it's not uncomfortable. Yeah. But then, I but then it's like we don't know anything about each other, really, you know, because we've never really sat and talked. It's a really weird thing. But yeah, well, now now's the time. Yeah, now we're gonna do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, I've been, uh, I've actually been a really big fan of yours for a long time since I first saw your work way back. Uh, I don't know if it's from Spectrum, the Spectrum books. Were you in those or, okay. It it might be Uh, from the Spectrum books. uh, I started Spectrum. I was in, uh, number five. Wow. It was the first book I was in. And then I didn't get into six. And then from seven through, I think twenty one, or twenty, I had something in. Mm-hmm. And then I finally, uh, just when uh, Kathy and Arnie um, transitioned over to Flask, um, I think I got in the first year, but the second year I ended up getting juried out and uh, oh, kind of wow. had a. a crisis of faith and was just like what am i doing where am i paying money to like ah, fuck this shit i'm just out, I'm out. <laughs> and i i you know and it seems in retrospect a little childish but um it, it was you know i kind of have some inkling of like maybe i should put something back in there now and and at the same time i'm kind of like i've literally never gotten a job from Spectre. right <laughs> it's it's really just me paying money to pat myself on the back right and it's like yeah i got better things to do so yeah yeah i i mean I, they're amazing books they're great they're a great source of of inspiration right. they're a great source of like i mean there's some incredible stuff that's happening in there and yeah i mean i'm i'm absolutely certain people do get jobs from it and they're they're wholly just very professional but i i just don't see the point in me doing it anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you don't, you don't need to, unless you would right. want to for some reason, but, right. but I also, I, I think I know your work from, or I knew your work initially from, I know it was some of the galleries down here. Like, did, did you show at think space or Copro early on? Or? I showed at Copro. Oh, sorry. I'm eating ice. Um, uh, I showed at Copro. Um, my first gallery showing was with uh, Kirsten Anderson uh, up right. at uh, Rock the Roo in yeah. uh, Seattle. What, what year was that? It, oh, God. Um, I don't know. Woolly Mammoths had just, like, died out. And... <laughs> yeah, I uh, honest to God, it was yeah. 2000 and... 
2000 and something. Some, oh my, it's so far long ago. I I shouldn't be asking questions about dates because I'm the worst when it comes to dates. If you were to ask me yeah. when I started showing a copper, I would be have no idea. So, right. I, like, <laughs> it was a long time ago. Like, so much has happened. I'm like gone in and out. And I, it, yeah, it's just like, I, I want to say like 2002, maybe. Right. Yeah. Right? I mean like forever ago. Yeah. That's, that's when I started painting for the first time like when i really start when i started showing it was 2002 so it could have been around right there. yeah but anyway point being is that i've always been a big fan of your work and well thank you I, yeah well oh thank you <laughs> but i it's it's like i um there's a there's a handful of artists that were really influential to me that i never mentioned for some reason and has nothing to do with uh I don't know why that is. It's just like there's. I guess there's so many influential artists. I'm always I, my go-to's are when people ask me in interviews are always like Frazetta, Giger, and Beck. Sure, sure. You know, I mean, but, but but it was like you know you, Cam De Leon was huge for me. Yeah. Uh, Phil Hale. There's like yeah. a, this whole, you know, handful of people that that I really resonated with their work, and you were one of those people. Like I every time I saw one of your pieces, wow. I was like, ah, it's like. I feel like we're, you know, not I, somehow tapping into some similar things. I just felt that way with the color palette and the the, weir yeah. oh, the weirdness, yeah. the surreal, um, you know, thing. <laughs> it's, it seems like we're our subject matter is completely different wheelhouses. I mean, like mm. just bookended, right? Right. When you start like, and this is like really art nerdy type things, but like as a as a artist you don't necessarily look at just subject matter right. like, oh this paints horror i like horror this guy paints robots i like it's about the technique totally it's about the way that they put down paint mm -hmm. the colors you know, it's and, yeah the colors it's the thing and trying to explain that to a layman like especially in an interview that's like not an art interview right where you're talking to another artist but rather just a magazine or it's it's difficult to express the the level of need to kind of consume that right that art right and it, it is it is for me it's a consumption it's it's like i'm just all i want to do is like ball it up and eat it yeah right, right? and then and then you know and shit out a painting from that <laughs> right right yeah it's like oh my god because that 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 ken for painting is so ingrained and and, and to have like just this minutiae of new tools, mm -hmm. you know, whatever I can glean from whatever painting I see, I'm like, Oh my God, that thing. And then I'm going to go from there. Right. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Chris Mars is another one of these people. Like there's this handful yeah, of people it, that were very influential that I, for some reason I just don't mention enough, but anyway, you were one of them. So, uh, I, I love your work. I love it. Um, uh, I, uh, I, I'm, you know, it sounds. It, I was reading some. You know, doing a little bit of prep work before recording this, and that we we sound like we have some similarities, um, as you know, in our approach. Maybe also, like from what I was reading, like I don't know if this is true. If you said this, but on your Wikipedia page, it says you consider yourself more of a symbolist, and you're like. Yeah. And you're like yeah. the only other artist I know that knows what symbolist symbolist art is. And I always felt like I'm more of a symbolist than anything as far as what symbolist yeah. art is 
Not that, yeah, you yeah. know. That came, I, that came about um, when I first started showing um, uh, with uh, Kirsten and, and, and trying to do that whole gallery scene and um, feeling the need to sort of live the part, mm -hmm. right? I kind of have that, that um, go-to phraseology that people kind of, you know, glom onto. People and, want and, it. You know, people, they, they want do. to hear it. <laughs> That's and it's funny too because it's like none of it is is really that accurate, right? And so I needed like I was kind of looking at the pop surrealism movement and kind of thinking that I was like, man, you know, I'm not really a pop surrealist. I don't right. like I do robots, but I don't do like pop art. Right. Like, that's not a thing. And so I was trying to come up with something that was more apropos of what i actually do and the symbolists i mean like you know i went to art school and i studied art and uh art history and stuff and the symbolists seem to to have that sort of like more like metaphorical what i was trying to achieve with mm -hmm. with with um the the paintings it wasn't it wasn't about like drawing mickey mouse as a rat you know right. which is it, which has its place For but sure. it wasn't what i was trying to do right so, yeah. yeah, it was I, it was more it was more me of me trying to label myself right. rather than than try and have somebody else put me into a a box. Right, but but I was, I, I was for all those art nerds out there. I was a modern day fove. A fove. A fove. The wild dogs. There was a group of artists that was in, uh, in France that uh, they basically just labeled themselves. Oh, cool! <laughs> uh, that what well, the the thing about the the pop surrealism term, uh, which is you know it's it's all good and and uh, you know it was it was fine. I've never been really you know no artist that I know of gives a shit about labels really. But I you know right. it it seemed okay to me. Lowbrow seemed okay to me, even though that kind of is yeah, a, di a yeah. different thing. I had never had an yeah, issue yeah, with that. I am not a street artist. I've never been a street artist. I've, I'm like, I appreciate street art. I know right, a lot of street right. art. Fucking good, but I just, yeah, I'm not a street artist. I just, but I, but I remember kind of thinking about, I mean, I was showing at pop surrealism galleries because that's the only place that would show my stuff. You know, it was before. Right, right, and, right. And, and, you know, now, now people are fine, you know, I think partially because I'm trying to, you know, a lot of people are uh, accepting the dark art term just because I sort of like went and realized at a certain point, everybody's calling what I do and, and this kind of darker stuff. And I would even argue that your work fits in this um, in this terminology. But it's like yeah. people yeah, call it dark the, art. Uh, That's what people are calling it. So we might as well right. just go with it. With names. Yeah. Names are lame anyway. It's like the the, right. the the art makes the name cool, not the name doesn't make the art cool. So, right, right, right. so uh, it's the <laughs> of uh, people trying to codify the world, right? Basically, yeah, really. What so, but but I remember I remember looking up, you know, really because I didn't go to art school, so I had to, you know, I'm kind of ignorant. And sure, I, I had to kind of like look things up myself and like the pop. It's, it's like I was thinking the same thing. Mine stuff's not pop, and it's not even really surrealism, really, because sur pure real surrealism is like more dream imagery and it's like kind of specific yeah, yeah. it's like they have a manifesto yeah. of, a, of a way to paint and yes. 
at one point this collector goes, you're a symbolist. And I was like, what the hell's a symbolist? Cause I didn't, like I said, I didn't go to art school. So I looked it up and I'm like, and it was so vague. It was, it was like, <laughs> it was like basically the, the, the meaning, it, it just seemed a lot more like the way I paint, which is intuitive and emotional and more yes. about capturing yeah. a feeling than anything else. Yeah. And, but that name no, doesn't, didn't catch on. So, so I went with dark art. <laughs> dark artwork. Yeah. I mean, dark surrealism is good too, but that still isn't quite, I don't know, whatever. It doesn't matter. No, I get it. I, and, and I get it. I get that, that sense of like, I, I do have a, a definite uh, macabre uh, bent to my paintings. I, and, and I and, do it specifically to garner a reaction. I mean, that's right. Really what it is. I mean, it's, it's all about emotion for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, and, you mentioned like uh, in an interview I was reading about, having a sense of kind of a melancholy feeling to your work, not so much sadness, yeah. but a little melancholy. And I was like, that's so, you know, another way I felt like I had a lot in common with your work, my work. Yeah. That sense yeah, yeah, yeah. of, you know, it, the way, however you described it was like, yeah, I totally get that. That's kind of what yep. I'm going yep. for as well. So. so yeah, somebody else uh, recently labeled my stuff as winsome, which winsome. I, it, again, has that, Yes, it is. It's supposed to be beautiful, but sort of exactly kind of it's yeah, I'm trying to paint the Wes Anderson film. Is basically <laughs> I somebody told me once a long time ago that my stuff was romantic and I and I actually really like that because it's yeah, like that. it's a weird it is kind of romantic in a really kind of fucked up way. <laughs> you know, it's, right. it has right. that I, sense. I romance not in the in the classic way. Right day hearts and candy right but there's a there's a uh, a romance like like brom stoker's romantic exactly right yeah mary shelley's romantic right right right. yeah yeah so anyway i don't know that's just where i'm coming (laughs) from with your work i I just i I love it so but but some i was i was going uh with the the uh the things we had in common, like the numbers, you do a lot of numbers on your robots and I do like this number five all the time. And there's a lot of little weird little things. I was noticing the similarities in the, in the palette and maybe even our technique. I mean, it seems like you do a lot of glazing, you you know, to do a lot more. um, I'm, I very much go in like one pass. So I do black or white and then I go color right over the top of that. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas I think you build up more. But yeah. yeah it, it's the finish. Right. The finish is very similar. Yeah. We are yeah. Very, um, I do love your painterly accents, though. You have a very deft hand with the uh, with the brush that I like. That oh, I, thank you. I'm too controlled, I think. And I and I that's one of those things where it's like I really want to do more painterly stuff. Right. But I, I'm I'm scared to jump off. <laughs> Tell me about it. The the the. Dog. You know, I feel the same way about my own work. It's like it's it's my tendency has always been to be like a kind of a tight painter, more of like an illustration. Yeah, type. Absolutely. And it's like it's it's something I've struggled with my entire career. And it's like I've done it. I'm, I'm able to do it. But I but it's all it never feels like it doesn't feel natural to me to paint loose. It's like it's hard for me. It's, it's an oh, effort. I, uh, you know what I mean, it, I get it. I get it. And I don't know what the solution is. I mean, I'm too old there <laughs> anymore. I know, right? I feel the same way. So, okay. You also another thing you had in common 
with where we had in common that I think most artists have in common, but not all that have been on this podcast is that you've been drawing since you were a little kid. I mean, you, yep. were, you were an artist since as, you know, as far back as you can remember. Is that the case? No, I started, uh, I picked up a pencil the first time when I was, uh, 43. <laughs> no, of course. I, I've got hey, three some, paper that I went through. Really? Some yeah, people, being... some people that I've interviewed on here didn't start drawing until they were like 18 or 19 or 20. It's kind of really? weird. <laughs> Most of them are, you know, kids who yeah. started. Uh, I, I have, I've had a, a just a interest in drawing since I was just a kid. I used to, I my dad used to work as a um, a software uh, engineer, and he used to back like way back in the beginning of the computers, and they had the pin feed printers. Wow, yeah, that had the accordion accordion paper. Yep, <laughs> and he get these reams of paper that were um, had data on one side of it, but the other side was blank. So they would just they would just throw this stuff away. So he'd just bring it home, and so I had these reams and reams and reams of paper that were just numbers on one side and then blank on the other. I would just draw constantly these long drawn out um, scenes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, most of them were like because I was a uh, I was six when Star Wars came out, so it sort of like completely just consumed my life. Right. And, so a lot, a lot of a lot of the scenes that I draw, like um, space uh, stations and little rovers and aliens and stuff like that. And, mm. um, I remember another one, which is kind of funny. Uh, another one of my and I don't know where it came from, but I was fascinated with haunted houses. Oh yeah, me too. So we draw we draw the outside of the house. Yeah, and, like, same here. And like spider webs in the corners and ghosts and stuff. Totally. And I have no idea. Like it, it happened. And then, like, it never happened again. <laughs> it was a phase. Like, I, yeah. I just never grew out of the phase. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, I was into dinosaurs, too. So, mm. I guess that was another one of those things that just sort of kind of flittered away as other things filtered in. Right. So, you, okay. So, you were the, I'm sure you were the art kid. You were the best artist in school. That was your identity yeah. in, in school, I'm yeah. imagining. And uh, you went to college. I did. So my dad insisted that I go to college, and I had originally. So I was I was living in um, Michigan. Oh, uh, what part of Michigan? Uh, right outside of Ann Arbor. Okay, my wife is from Pontiac. Yep, the hood. I know. Yep, <laughs> I lived I lived in the hood for a while too. Yeah, a little older. I was a little older, but um, so I uh, I was going to go to. Uh, Kendall College of uh, Art and Design, which is a, an art school in Detroit. Hmm. Uh, I mean, it's not as uh, well uh, lauded as uh, like RISD or, or right. Ringling or any of those, but you know, it was a, it was a dedicated art school. And um, like any good private art school, it was astronomically expensive. And so I realized I, you know, one of my parents. We're like, well, we can't do this, so you're going to go to public school. So I ended up going to, um, I tried to get into U of M, but I was a horrible student all through high school, and my grades <laughs> reflected that. <laughs> horrible um, in what way? How bad? I, I, uh, I think it was a, like a hard C. Yeah, <laughs> that's about where I was. At. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't that I was stupid. I was just like school is not 
my thing. It was boring, right? I felt, that's boring, and I don't learn the way that they teach. I'm terrible at rote memorization. I cannot do it. Same here. And um, it wasn't until I got into college I had an art professor, uh, art history professor, that taught um, history art history uh, anecdotally so he would he would talk about like this painting happened during the french revolution right and they were really interested in greek because they were a uh, 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 dictatorship or emperor like whatever napoleon wanted him to be that was trying to then become a democracy and so they were very interested in in greek art because it was democratic hmm. uh, government system right. so like they had then reflected that i was like oh duh yeah context <laughs> makes sense yeah it's right. stuck, stuck in my head interesting so it's, it's stuff like that it's like, i'm very much an anecdotal learner i i'm not good uh just names and dates i so yeah in school is just it just wasn't good for me and so I ended up going to, <laughs> I ended up going to um, Eastern Michigan University, which had a much lower bar than University of Michigan. And uh, I got into the art program there, and um, spent six years getting a four-year art degree. <laughs> like literally, the only thing that I do well, it still took me six years to do what most people do in four years. Right. I'm that bad of a student. Um, well, you did it. <laughs> but I did, and and then promptly never used the degree again. But my dad wanted me, and and so I'm sure you learned a lot of a lot. I mean, in college, I look back and I wish I had gone to college just because there's a lot of just life experience. I imagine you get from college. Yeah, and... I mean, you had a different life experience. I, I would say that 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 no matter how that if I could preface this, I, one of the things I despise more than anything is the term self-taught. I'm a mm-hmm. self-taught artist. And because every learning experience, whether you are on your own and reading books and experimenting, or you have somebody saying, hey, you should try this, is exactly the same. Right. The, only, the only difference between instructions and, and, and self-instructed is that you have somebody to sort of bump you along right. in a in a in a in the right direction. Right. Like, hey, you, maybe you haven't considered this, right? Whereas yeah. if you're on your own, you have to kind of come up with all those solutions on your own. Right. So yeah, I I'm glad I went to college. Um I I wouldn't say it's necessary. If you want to if you want to go out and be an artist, go be a fucking artist. Right. I mean it's just not necessary. Yeah. Um if you want to make money, go to trade school. You know? Right. Like <laughs> Like that's, uh, but if you want to be an artist, man, fucking, my kid wants to be an artist. I'm like, just pick up a pencil, draw. You're an artist, right? <laughs> right. It doesn't doesn't take a college degree. Yeah, no. You know, artist. I I remember. I mean, I remember. And, being... and the funny thing is, is that. Oh no! I, I was just gonna say, I remember being in the first grade and just knowing I was an artist. That was yeah. it. You know, it, I was gonna do it well, in one way or another. The, kind of a. I, I have to. I have to uh, applaud my my father in this that he did not want me to be an artist. Hmm. He was afraid. He was afraid. He was like, Oh my God, you're never going to make money. And, but in spite of it, he still did not stop me from going to art school. Yeah. That says a lot. actually. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, 
if I may toot my own horn, I've proved him wrong, but... Right. <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's a hard road. It's it's not it's not for everyone. And, and I was going through art school um, at the time where, like... It was, it was, there was a, a trend where like, everybody's an artist and you're just like, whatever you do is amazing. And just, and so like, you know, I took an oil painting class and they were like, here's how you stretch a canvas on the first day. It was, so we'd stretch canvases and we gessoed them and they're like, all right, now you know that I need six paintings by next week. I'm like, uh, so Okay. <laughs> So it was a lot of throwing of paint and smearing right. and, and, you know, paint on my face and then rubbing that on the canvas and like, you know, it's like no real. And then you put it up in front of the class and everybody's like, well, I really like what you've done here <laughs> with the green and like, it was just like bullshit. It was yeah. a bullshit degree because nothing was ever really taught. Yeah. Or learned. <laughs> or learned. Yeah. And so a lot of the, a lot of it was I like I took as many drawing classes as I, as I could and and really focused in on drawing and um they didn't even offer an illustration program. Wow. That's what I was going to suggest. It's like, you know, right? illustration yeah. so is probably up, better. Yeah, I I ended up making my own illustration program uh just based on on classes i was just like you know what fuck this i'm gonna take as many drawing classes as i can because I, i'm getting nothing right like they didn't even they didn't even tell you how to put together a show like if right. you want to be a fine artist and it was it was near the end where i'm like looking at people doing student shows and doing all these you know kind of like artsy fartsy type pieces and stuff and i, I was just like you know i'm 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 this is not me. I'm not, I'm not, I'm never going to make it. Like I can't do this. Right. <laughs> and so I became, I became in my own mind, an illustrator huh. and pursued that the best I could with the tools that I had available to me. Right. You know, and I graduated and immediately started looking for a job and the hell was my first job out of that? Drawing oh, maps, okay. drawing weird maps. I, I I read in an interview you drew some. Oh yeah, no, no, I was yeah. So I was working. Oh, that's right. Okay, okay, I got it now. Yeah, oh, that's even longer ago than when I first started doing fine art. So um, yeah, so I was working at a at an art supply store um, through college, and uh, some people came in they're like hey does anybody here draw and i had been drawing like cartoons and stuff my whole life as a matter of fact one of my in high school one of my like go-to was like i'm gonna be a cartoonist when mm -hmm. i grow up i want to be burke breathed mm -hmm. uh, bloom county right right i want to be that guy i was fascinated with it and this is actually before Calvin and Hobbes, which I think it would have just been like, that would have been the tipping point. Right. It's like, somebody, this, all day, that's what I want to do. Right. But, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, Bloom County and Farside were my oh, yeah. kind of like go-to. Farside, Farside for me, man. I was huge, right? huge Farside fan. that they would do this. And so I had done a lot of cartooning and, um. Somebody came in and said, hey, can you do, is there anybody here that does drawing and stuff? And I was like, yeah, I can I'd like, whatever, I can do it. And this company would go to towns and 
they would go to different businesses in the towns and say, hey, um, for free, we can put you on this cartoon map of the town with your business and a picture of your, you know. And so I would end up having things get made. (laughs) They would, um, they would sell advertisement. So that like they had made their money through the advertisement on the thing. It was like this weird, very convoluted thing, but I ended up doing the artwork for it. And so I would get the stack of like, not even, it was back before digital. So a stack of photographs of the people and their buildings or their business and their Mm -hmm. sign. And then um, I would end up having to lay out the entire town and place their businesses in the right roads and stuff. But the, like the roads were like real convoluted and stuff. Do it all by hand. What? Yeah. Oh, it's okay. My wife. Hey, hello. (laughs) So uh, I would have to draw the entire thing on a big sheet of paper and color it in with uh, the alcohol based market, the barrel, uh, Remember those old markers that had the fat end and the skinny ends? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, halfway through, I'd run out of, like, a certain color, and I wouldn't be able to get the green anymore because I'd be, like, trying to draw all the grass and stuff. So, like, <laughs> it would, like, slowly fade out and then shift to another color. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but I did it. I did it. And, it. and and then there was other, like, little – it was sort of my first um, foray into working with an art director, mm, right? Right. Because, because these people – the people that ran the company would go to the businesses and be like, Hey, we're going to take a photograph. And people would be like, all right, I want myself and my 48 kids. And we're all going to be in this picture. And they would be like, all right, okay. And they'd take the picture and then it would come to me. I'm like, I literally cannot draw this. In a <laughs> like, I can't, don't know what you want me to do here. Right. And so back to the people and be like, it was this, it was an interesting experience. Um, but Hey, you're a professional it, artist at that point. Yeah, yeah, that was my, my literally my first real professional art gig. So I was working at the art supply store still. I didn't like quit and just do this full time. But I would get these these freelance gigs. Um, I was eighteen when I started wow. doing that. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a fascinating experience. Uh, later on, the the couple that was running the company uh, divorced, and then both of them were coming to me. So I had like. <laughs> Like I like split my clients. <laughs> it was cool. I like doubled my clients through divorce. So yeah, uh, it was an interesting, interesting experience. I never would do it again, ever. Although yeah. you know what? Now uh, I would do it all digitally, so it'd be so much easier. Right. <laughs> like you can only handle it now, but you got yeah, into was, digital pretty early too, right? Yeah. So I was, I was, um, yeah. One of my first jobs out of college. Uh, because I was a real go-getter, uh, was working for a company that worked out of Kinko's to do business cards. Mm-hmm. Right? I was, it was uh, Nebs, the New England New England Business Service, Nebs. And uh, oh, it was just miserable. I would like do these like hokey little uh, business cards for people with like uh, canned uh, artwork that went on them, and have you like it's just you know it was terrible. <laughs> a stupid job and um i remember i was uh not a lot of people come in either i mean like i thank god i was salaried it wasn't a commission but yeah. uh, not a lot of people would come in um so i had a lot of downtime and i was going through the stock guards 
on the on the computer and i was like oh hey there's a here's a black and white clip art of a of a skull and i had been using photoshop for like this like i think the first photoshop i was using was like five or four i think Mm -hmm. it was four wow or three i can't remember it was yeah it was low low number um so I've been using it for a little while, but none really have any sort of like, I was like, oh yeah, I can kind of click around and I did the tutorials and whatnot. But I was like looking at the skull and it occurred to me, I had this sudden epiphany that I, if I took it into Photoshop, I could fill it in and render it. Mm-hmm. And I was really good at rendering because I spent so much time doing black and white pencil illustration. And I was like, hey, you know what? Um, and and prior to me doing this color illustration on the computer, I had done uh, a ton of um, freelance illustration for uh, pen and paper, uh, role-playing games, mm-hmm. uh, and and the like. And so I was really good at doing... Um, really good at doing, uh, like, finely detailed rendered pencil drawings. Graphite right. had a process and stuff and so i was like man i I think i could do the same thing with with photoshop and i sat down and i did the skull and it took me a little while i was doing i did the whole thing with a mouse right you know like and from from that point on i was just like you know what i'm gonna try and do all my all my illustration this way because it was so easy and it was it the results were so good that that i was like why why would i ever do anything else right and so I, I kind of started down that path, um, if I, like early or late, late nineties. Right. Yeah. It was like 96, 97. Oh, when wow. I, yeah, I started doing digital painting and, um, I, I like, nobody would take it. Like I remember trying to do freelance gigs in the role playing, uh, world and nobody like no art director they're like uh no are you serious oh yeah no nobody nobody wanted it (laughs) and um yeah i i uh and then you know of course i got a tablet and that was that was it that was i was like i'm never doing anything else again right yeah and uh yeah that sort of was a launching point for a big portion of my career because i ended up um getting a full-time uh, graphic design gig. And even even there, they were still using markers to do a lot of the marker rendering and stuff for, for their images. Wow. And I was like, oh, we can, we can use Photoshop. Like, I can draw shit and color it in Photoshop. Like, look, look. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> I also learned uh, how to do a lot of photo retouching there and stuff. So it was, it was actually a really good gig. Hmm. Um, but we ended up... Uh, the the company was uh, in Detroit, and when you're in Detroit, you're sort of at the behest of, of all the car companies. Mm-hmm. So if they're doing well, you're doing well. Ah. But if, if they start to falter, that trickle down happens, and it happened. Uh, it was right around when GM uh, went bankrupt, which was in the late '90s. Right, and the company I worked for. Um, couldn't I'm like couldn't make any money anymore. We I mean we were just like you know they're like, well we can continue forest and 
you can have a job, but you don't get paid. So wow. you want that? And I was just like, <laughs> like this. And so I ended up leaving, but not thinking I was like, another job. And uh, there was nothing. There was nothing because everything was affected by this GM shutdown. Wow. So uh, I was faltering. I was like, I was, I was literally like applying to like car washes and shit. Wow. Trying to find something, mm-hmm. anything. And uh, out of the blue, I got a call from a video game company uh, out of Boston who had seen my work, uh, the pen, uh, pencil and, and paper stuff in the RPG, the graphite renderings. And they called me and they're like, hey, uh, we need somebody and we saw your stuff. And would you like to come interview? And so I did. And I accepted the job and moved to Boston in uh, 99 oh, and wow. started doing video yeah so I, I did video games for who uh 10 years maybe even longer than that 10, 11 years you were work. you weren't like a freelancer you were working at the company I, yeah so i got a, I got a, i literally working for a company what a trip so you're living in a, like a totally new place and a new yeah no, no friends nothing just like this heck this got my shit packed it up into a rider truck and moved across the country. Wow. Not really, but yeah, um, from uh, Michigan to Boston and uh, start a whole new thing hmm. and uh, made, uh, yeah, it was, it was a interesting time. I, um, I found out a few things about myself. Uh, I don't like Boston. <laughs> I don't like I'm not, I'm not an East coast type person. I had no offense. It's a great place to visit. It's a right. lot of history. Amazing. Um, I am not that person. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I ended up uh, coming in and doing just two D, and with the with the promise of being taught three uh, D, because because mm. everything's done three D and stuff, and and uh, it just never it never uh, manifested for whatever reason. I think my boss was a kind of a, had a bit of a Napoleon complex, short mm-hmm. little guy. He mm-hmm. just was really controlling. I like to have, I I, I uh, once got really drunk and uh, mal up at a company party that he that he likes us uh being uh action figures and uh, <laughs> that got me that got me out of trouble um this is this is uh, the this this was a time when uh that kind of work was paying pretty well back then wasn't it i mean oh, it, still, that, oh it still pays well oh god yeah there is there is no money like like game money really there's oh yeah 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 I'm, I'm thinking you know i was i'm sorry i was thinking of uh i was thinking it was a, a like a uh uh, 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 an RPG type situation. Oh, no, no, you're talking no, video no. games. You're talking it was video full games. Full on computer game. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, it, it was impressions games. They made uh, city builders. Uh, so, like, um, their big one was uh, Caesar. And then I worked on uh, uh, one that was set in Egypt called Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. And then another one after that was set in. Um, Greece called Zeus, and you basically you started out with like a little. It was like it was like Sim City, except right. like you had little guys running around. And your plebes would build shit for you. And right, right. You keep them happy with with grain and yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I uh, I was there until two thousand and four, so ninety nine to two thousand or two thousand three, mm-hmm. and. 
was like, I, you know, I was thinking, I was like, I can't, I can't live here anymore. I can't, I don't want to be here anymore. And so I started looking around at um, various places that I could go and um, kind of set on Washington state mm-hmm. as a potential. And then at the same time, coincidentally, I ended up, um, I was big into console gaming, like playing console. There was a video game that came out on the PS2, I think, mm-hmm. uh, Baldur's Gate, Dark Alliance. And it was like this sort of isometric you run around and you kill things and you collect your treasure and stuff. And um, just was amazed by it. And I, I was like, this is, this is, these are the people. This is the people I want to work for. This is like the game I want to do. And I looked at the box and I looked at it. I went, okay, this is the company. Went online. I was like, oh crap, these guys are in Washington. Oh wow! So out of the blue, I was like, hey, I'm thinking about moving there. Uh, I really love a job. What do I need to do? And sort of had this, you know, built this rapport with the with the art director. And it turns out this company was just ridiculously small. And uh, I went and interviewed. And even though I had no 3D experience, they sort of like kind of threw the the caution of the wind and hired me and uh, I worked there for quite a long time. Uh, the company, I was the, I was the 14th person to start, wow. I guess the 14th person. Like I was number four because there was hard to see. So there was more people that quit and then I came in. So I don't know if I was the 14th person in the company, but there right. were 13 people there prior to me starting. And then there was 14. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Anyway, so um, by the time. Oh, you're cutting out. You're cutting out on me. 150, 200. Okay, yeah. you're, you're back. You were cutting out. Oh, sorry. For a second. Uh, by the time. Okay, okay. Yeah, by the time I quit, um, the company had grown to about 150 to 200 people. Wow. Yeah, so, yeah, it was. Uh, I was there quite a while. So. It was it was interesting. I I learned a lot and and had some good times. And how long were you there? But we'll say eight nine years, maybe wow. or maybe, yeah. No, because I, I had at least a ten year career. So I I quit in. Two thousand eight. Okay. I think it was. I think it was five or six years that I was there. Okay. Why'd you quit? Yeah. I met a woman. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So I had. Uh, I'd been to, uh, married prior to me coming to the. Um. What's up? Hang on a second. We got. We got a visitor. Hey, what's up? This is my this is my daughter. Hello. Can you say hi. Can you say hi. No. How old are you? Four. Four. All right. Go run through this real quick. <laughs> what? 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 I have daddy's talking. What? Um, can you want me to go tiny phone too? Not yet. I have to talk. Go talk to your mom. Tiny, tiny, cute. Suitcase. I understand. Go talk to your mom. Daddy's busy right now, okay? But, that but, mom, but no. But mom, not gonna do it. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> wait. Can you wait for daddy to be done? Okay, so 
I'll be I'll be out when I'm done. Okay. Yay. All right. <laughs> I love you though. You're cute as a button. She hates me. <laughs> That was awesome. So, so yeah, I'd, I'd been married and then uh, got divorced when we were in Washington and spent a couple years alone and decided that I wasn't really good alone. I'm, I'm sort of one of those people that, like, needs to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, so I ended up uh, getting on uh, eHarmony, of all things. Oh, wow. Uh, because... There's literally like 14 women in the game industry, and most of them are married. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, got on eHarmony and uh, had probably five or six just miserable dates, and was thinking about just getting off, and ended up contacting, getting matching up with this this woman, and she was like, it was just sparks from the first time we talked on the phone, and. Amazing. Um, she was going to uh, medical school in uh, in Washington uh, uh, at University of Washington, and, and she was in her last year of that, and sort of uh, getting ready to head out in the world. And to pay for her schooling, she had taken a naval scholarship, mm. and um, the rule is is they. They will pay for your school, but you owe them a year of service for every year that they pay. Ah. And um, so I uh, was like, you know what? I, this is like I'm 38 and I could literally spend the rest of my life because I just I was being wooed by uh, another company, um, Valve, who does. Uh, mm, like, yeah big company right um i had been sort of tapped to join their ranks uh by jeremy bennett of all people who is one of the concept artists on uh the lord of the rings movies oh wow and um so it was just like all these like big things coming at me and i was like you know what i'm gonna follow my heart so i ended up quitting my job married this woman and literally went off to see the world oh wow and yeah so i lit i just walked away from everything amazing uh, and um yeah so here we are uh so we did we did um we ended up doing eight years uh just traveling around we went to florida first and then um spent three years on uh guam our uh took the one of our territories on the uh-huh. yeah yeah and uh then another two years in uh southern california uh oceanside um and then um she ended up uh getting out of the military uh went and uh decided to do uh, civilian medicine and so she quit and then we came up here to washington and settled down wow yeah yeah so it was eight years and three kids later, and here we are. Wow, amazing! That's a, that's a that's a quite a story. So yeah, how, did, I, how did you start? Uh, when did you start showing in galleries? How did that factor oh, in? So the, yeah, that was another interesting story. So like the 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 caveat, one of the one of the big caveats of doing digital artwork is that it becomes very easy to do. Right. There's a, there's a I mean, it's not it's not a hundred percent safety net, but there is a big safety net. 
And um, I realized one day I was at work and I, was, and I had been doing digital illustration for so long and had such a process down that I realized I was bored. Right. I would sit and and have my, my chin like in my hand and just sort of draw and like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I want I want something that's gonna be like exciting. And um I had been in the um RPG CCG game industry and done all these pencil illustrations, but I never really got into doing oil painting. Mm-hmm. But I had been around some really amazing oil painters. And um I mean I was there when like Braum was just coming on. Wow. Right? Yeah. And um, uh, Rob Rupel, you know him. He did, he got mm-hmm. out of he's he does a lot of um, he was doing video games for a while. So he did he did a lot of RPG CCG. Got into video games and now does um, movie concepts and stuff. Mm. I think he worked for Disney for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a lot of art direction. Uh, but all these people that are just like Jeff Easley. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, Larry Elmore, all these guys oh, are yeah. just like hardcore painters, and and being surrounded by that, I was just like, yeah, I think I think I want to, I think I want to do that again, right. or try, right? And I had known all these people that had done oil painting, while I was like, their track was like oil painting, and mine was like digital illustration, mm-hmm. and um, I still knew them, and so I started writing to them. It was like, hey, can you teach me how to paint? Right, and it was just like, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, <laughs> right, which is funny too, because now, like, now when people are like, "Oh man, I really love what you do," like, how do you paint? And my my reaction is sort of like, uh, you put paint on a palette, and you put your brush into it, and stroke it on a <laughs> canvas. I mean, like, there's there's such an X, X factor that like I cannot go from point A to point B and have you painting. Right, right? I mean, such a weird, like, I just do it. Right. Thing that happened. And I'm sure you do the same thing. We're just like, I don't actually know. Well, actually, yeah, I had to, at a certain point I started teaching seminars and it was like probably 10 years in, let me see. Nah, maybe like, I don't know, seven years into my career. And And I realized I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I have no idea. So I had to like break down my process and then, and then yeah. figure out what the fuck I was doing all this time in order yeah. to teach people. And it was I, like, I, it was I'm weird. Like really good at like pulling stuff apart. I had a, I had a phase for a while where I was like buying, um, anti pocket watches and, and disassembling them and mm. cleaning them, and fixing all the parts and then putting them back together. So they work. Oh wow. And just loved, loved doing that. I love, like breaking down processes. Oh, I used to do that when I was a kid all the time. I would take my right. bike completely uh, apart and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> paint it and, and put so, it back together. Yeah. So I get, and I can, I can describe to you why things work in art. I can, I can tell you the psychology behind why things work. Mm-hmm. I can break down all the processes, but when you're actually putting brush to canvas, Something is happening at such a low level that I cannot put it into words. Right. Yeah, for sure. It's, <laughs> it is. It is. A. It is just something that you have to do mm-hmm. until it feels right. Right. 
and and I can tell you what I do. I can tell you each portion of the process, but I cannot make you paint like me. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. God, I lost the track of the question. Uh, yeah, that was my fault because I interrupted you. What were you talking no, about before that? You were talking about learning to oil paint. Asking oh, all these dudes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I, uh, yeah. So I, I like, I like, I really want to be an oil painter. So I started like talking to everybody, and they're like, I don't know, I don't know. So I started sort of just mucking around with it, and sort of like trying to apply what I knew from. Um, doing digital color mm-hmm. and what I knew from doing pencil rendering to oil paint. And yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, 20% of it worked. <laughs> but like, you know, like the rest of it was just like, oh man. There's no color picker. <laughs> Yo, yeah, this is, this is uncharted waters here, boys and girls. <laughs> So I started reading books. Yeah. I, I, uh, That's how I, I got. Uh, uh, I got Jeremy Lifkin's palette somehow because hmm. he doesn't give it out. But I was like reading it every somehow he likes he slipped or something. And he ended <laughs> up like giving out his palette, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna take those colors. And I had a book, uh, Alec Prima. Uh, oh, the uh, yeah. What's his uh, name? Schmid. Richard Schmidt. Schmidt, yeah. Yeah. And um and I he has a, a palette list. And so he and I was like, okay, if I just take this palette and this palette and sort of take the colors I want out of that. Uh-huh. And I did the exercise where you like mix. Oh, you did out. that? We were, I was just talking oh, to somebody about that. My God. We I, were, I was just talking to somebody about that to where it's like uh Nobody I know has done it. It's like everybody knows about that exercise, but it's it seems like it would take so long. You it know, does. But but it I've seems done... like it would be incredibly valuable. Oh, it's it's hugely valuable. Um actually I've done it twice. Wow. I did it I did it with the colored palette that I had, realized that a lot of the colors that I had picked prior I never used. Uh-huh. Because I had my favorites, and so I sort of redid the color. Oh the color selection that I have that, that set number of colors that I use. Right. And, um, I was like, Oh, okay, well, I guess now I have to redo everything that I've done. And so I did, I read, I redid the, so, so for people who don't know what we're talking about, how would you describe this? (laughs) Okay. It's it's an exercise in this book is yeah. So this is, I, I decided on 11 tubes of paint of various shades and, and pigments, right? Right. So a couple of blues, some yellows, green, uh, reds. And you take each one of those 11 tubes of paint and you make a card for each one. So like say you had cadmium yellow and then you take cadmium yellow and you mix it one-to-one with the transparent oxide red that you have and then you dilute it down so it's more cadmium yellow than transparent and so you make a gradient with the transparent oxide red right Right. then you take your yellow ochre 
on the same card and you mix it and you do the same thing, make little squares and so on and so forth through all 11 colors on that card. So now you know <laughs> what that card or what that paint mixes like with every other paint that you have right. in various strengths, right? right? So like it's 100% down to like, no, yeah, like, and then you do that for every single card that you have. <laughs> it's insane. Every, every single color, color, like it is like an immense amount of work. Right. That's something but that it, they should have taught you in college. I mean, that's a, right? that's like a college yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. That would be an excellent, excellent project for people to do because it teaches you so much. Because if, as a painter, with just a, with a, having zero experience, if you were to look at a tube of, say, cadmium yellow and viridian or alizarin crimson, you would say, oh, my God, alizarin crimson is so much more intense, more colorful. But when you mix it, yeah. it is a terrible mixing color. It is so weak. Right. Again, and when you have it on a chart where you're looking at it again, you're like, okay, here's my cadmium card. And that's a really strong color, a really strong pigment. Yeah. And so it is affected very little by whatever you add to it. Whereas a blizzard right. crimson has a very strong or has a very weak mixing. And so it's greatly affected. Right. And so you know intrinsically by looking at these cards, they're like, okay, I want a color that's more. So I have to add very little of whatever color is going into the and crimson. Otherwise, I'm just going to be fucked. Right. <laughs> so it, it really makes you aware of how not just the colors work, but how strong they are mm -hmm. when they're with other colors. And then on top of that, where you would say like, oh, this color mixed with this color is definitely going to give me this color. Sometimes that doesn't happen. Right. <laughs> it gives you wildly wrong things. Right. Like, my God, I just mixed orange and blue together, and I'm getting this kind of pukey green that's like, yeah, just right. like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it should have been brown. Right. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't work that way. So that must have been a big kind of a kind of a revelation to to do all yeah, those colors. Yeah, I'm, I, I, and and it is I, it is a huge amount of work. But if you want to know your colors, if you want to know your pigments, it is hundred percent. Unless you do a thousand hundred paintings, right? And just keep using them. It is an excellent exercise because not only on top of that learning all that information now when I do a color study, because I still do all my color studies digitally. Mm. So I, I, I compose a piece, I paint it on the computer, I say, this is what I want. Right. And then when I move to the canvas, I look at the color study and say, that's the blue I want. And then I look at the color charts that I've done and I'm like, oh, here's that blue. Mm. And so that gives How me an cool. idea yeah. of what, together that's a smart then, way of doing it yeah so it's it's a it's a it really beneficial exercise uh it just give yourself a couple of months because it just takes forever a couple of months is that how long it, so, it takes a couple of months uh i could do i did a row i calculated it out once it was a it was a row 
So from from just two colors mixed together, one row took about 15 minutes. So times that over 11, times that by 11. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of work. <laughs> that's interesting, though. Because you got to mix each one, right? Right. You mix it, and then you got to mix the proper amount. And that, like, it's just like you have to like. Yeah. It, systematic yeah right that's it's such a but smart it, way to 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 work though um i've always been i'm I, I was just i was too lazy to do it it's like hearing about it i want to still do it but it's like yeah no it's you, like, you know it's just I, I i never i just didn't have the i mean i got i have patience when i'm painting and stuff but for that i just i could never bring myself to do it i kind of wish i had it, but it's kind of it's kind of mind-numbing work too. yeah yeah you really have you you have to put yourself into a kind of a zen state it's tunes on or i usually listen to uh, books or something like just like to you know get my right. mind off of it and just paint and i also i also like again i'm very um detail oriented so i i uh i made in uh illustrator I, I made charts with little squares and then printed those out and then glued them to a piece of paper so i was i was actually painting into little squares that were already labeled oh cool that's, yeah so yeah. that's cool yeah. But yeah, I have, I mean, I, I still have both sets still. I mean, they're very precious to me. Um, and I, and I do, I do use them all the time. Wow. So that's pretty cool. Well, I, I used to, I went through a phase early on cause I started actually, you know, I was, I was doing makeup effects and sculpting and painting yeah. creatures, yeah, yeah. but I started doing, um, Photoshop to design, to do creature designs. So, and I had this mm-hmm. big background in, you know, drawing my whole life. So I knew how to draw and stuff, but, sure. um, so I was doing, I started off, uh, doing digital stuff as a fine artist and, mm. you know, just at the very beginning, I'm talking like right. two, yeah. mm, late nineties to 2000, maybe, or something like sure. that. No, no, 2000, 2000. And um, I, when I switched over to oils, I would do, I started doing studies the same way you're talking, like, you know, color studies in the computer. And uh, because it's so fast, you know, it's, it's so, so much faster. uh, Yeah. But, but then I, then I started um, selling my, doing them in oil and selling them. And I was like, Oh, it's like, (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to, these are, these are easier to sell than the actual paintings themselves. So I'm going to actually paint my studies. And um, now, so now I'm completely in the habit of, you know, always a study an oil study. And then the, and then the big painting. Yeah. 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 I know. I know a few artists that are, that do that, that uh, um, I don't know if you're familiar at all with uh, Donato Giancola. Mm -hmm. He's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's amazing. He, he started doing that too. He would do all these uh, sketches and stuff and then realized that he could sell the sketches. So then he started doing like really nice, beautiful pencil drawings that are like the tonal. So he starts with a brown sheet of paper and mm-hmm. then does like brown and white on top. Gorgeous stuff. But yeah, yeah he had epiphanies. It's like, why am I throwing all this shit away? <laughs> I know. It's like, it's money I, right here. If I do, occasionally I'll be on, under such a time crunch that I, that I, do it in photoshop just to save time and yeah, every time yeah, i do yeah. it now i feel like oh, i'm just like wasting money right i'm this could have i could have made 400 bucks off this if, if i uh you know if i was painting it but you know it's it's yeah. it's great in a pinch yeah. for me you know yeah no i get it i uh i'm just, uh, yeah I'm, I'm a terrible business person <laughs> I, somebody asked me the other day i was just like why do you do prints i'm like i 
because I'm lazy. I, I don't want to deal with it. Well, that's a whole. I mean, are you you're uh, are you still working in the industry? No. Are you no, no, no. 100% your own art? Yeah. So, so the whole story kind of goes. I uh, I got married, left the game industry. I did I did do um, occasional freelance jobs. I would mm. pick up um, like concept work, um, but that sort of like I mean, it's kind of few and far between. And I never really pursued it. I suppose if I did, I could get more work. But like, I sort of am one of those people that like, oh, somebody just called me to do a job. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, never really cared enough. Right. And then when um, I met my wife, uh, she was gainfully employed first by the uh, military, uh, which is great if you need insurance or right. want to travel and see the world. I mean, they pay for everything. Right. And then um, when she got out, she went to the civilian side. Um, she's a doctor, right? So. It's my yeah. Whenever I do uh, uh, teaching uh, now, it's kind of mean, I know, but I, I tell you, it's like yeah, my students. I say, uh, I tell you, I tell you, the the one way that I have found to make it as an artist um, is to marry a doctor. Because <laughs> now I just do what like I you know, I watch the kids and I take care of the house. And right. Stuff, but there's no real impetus to to make money oh that's cool so you so could, I kind of, yeah kind of like have this you just freedom it, yeah just explore yeah you can do whatever Which, the fuck you want yeah it was it was hard it was a hard transition because i had always been that rock star artist right i was like making games and showing and doing interviews and mm-hmm. like had this like thing that it was like my identity and i had this right. whole thing up and then all of a sudden it's just like I stopped because I actually I tried to do um, full time gallery shows. Right. Uh, when I when I left the industry, I was like, oh, here's my here's my chance, right? But uh, I started doing it, and it, like it never really kind of went anywhere, and I sort of got disgruntled with it, and then we moved around a lot. So it was like shipping, I had to always ship off these, oh. these huge groups of, of, and it never really collided. And then, and then we ended up having our first kid and that kind of really just shit the bed. I mean, the whole thing just kind of, because, you know, I mean like having a kid is just like your first kid. And I had my first kid like five days before I turned 40. Right. It was, it was just like, Oh my God. It was <laughs> such a paradigm shift that it, it really it threw me for a loop and then I couldn't keep up and then like if you're not showing and you're not out right. there you lose that sort of rarefied air status that you had right and yeah the public is fickle I mean if you're not showing, like you know people still know who I am mm-hmm. and I still get you know, occasional like, hey, you're amazing, and blah, 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 blah. but it wasn't like it was, right? Right. And um, I went through a real kind of like I had to recenter myself and and kind of like learn what was important, right? And um, yeah, now it's I like I art will always be important to me, but being a professional artist 
not so much anymore. Right. I mean, there's, there's the world is so much bigger than that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And if, and if I don't have to do it, like if I had to do it, I would go back and get a job doing video games because that's easy work and it pays a lot. Mm-hmm. But if I don't have to do it, fuck. Like, I'm just, I'm just happy to make art. Right. right? Yeah. I make yeah. whatever I want. And, and in the meantime, you know, if I sell it, great. If I don't, I don't have to worry about it. Right. So yeah, it was, it's, it was a, it was a real, uh, paradigm shift. Yeah. I was, it, one, I was wondering, it seemed like for a while you were like, really, I was seeing your work a lot in galleries. Yeah. And then yeah, it seemed well, like it, like you weren't showing was, anymore. Yeah. And I was like, what happened? <laughs> Where'd he go? Yeah, he was I too saw, awesome. I went to, uh, yeah, I fell off the, I fell off the, uh, the art wagon and, um, yeah, so I, I try to I try to keep up now, and uh, just recently, so I did a, a show uh, with um, Erica Berkowitz uh, over at uh, Haven mm. uh, in New York. Um, it opened in May, and I have known about this show for a long time, and just like I couldn't keep up with it. I, I ended up giving her like six pieces, just because I was like, I, I I just I literally cannot do this, and it made me realize that I cannot do professional art anymore in that capacity mm-hmm. because I can't, I can't make promises because like, Oh my God, like I have to fix the water heater right. or I have to, you know, make sure my kids get to school and, or, you know, being less, you know, and I have to be there when they're at home off the bus right. and like a very limited amount of time. And as such, I, I just I can't make promises. I can't say, yeah, I'll, I'll have a show for you together, right? And, you know, because I I can work you know three or four hours during the day, and then I'm up at night, but then I'm exhausted the next day and stuff. So right. I just sort of said, you know, I'm gonna this is the last show that I'm gonna do for a while. I'll paint, and if I'll just have a library of paintings, and if I have something for a group show, great, and if not, so be it, right. But there's, I mean, there's other things I want to do. Like I got, I got hooked up with a uh, a guy up here uh, who I've known for a while. Showed uh, one of my first showings, actually my first art show ever, was not at Rock the Rue. It was in uh, Astoria at a place called Lunar Boy Gallery hmm. that is no longer in existence. But um, at the same time, there's a guy there, uh, Mark Walker. If you want to look him up, yeah. Mark Walker. He's a, he's a, Mark Walker. He's I know a that. Bronze, yeah, he's a bronze sculptor. I know that name. Yeah. So just the, the big thing that he did recently was he did a, uh, a sculpture for Pearl Jam that they put up in a park mm-hmm. in Seattle. A big uh, tree. A uh, guy. Uh, what is his name? I get it. He was in uh, um, Mudhoney. Um, anyway, uh, they did a, maybe uh, they did a tribute piece. <laughs> Jeff Amet. <laughs> I, I think it was Jeff Amet. Okay. <laughs> it was a tribute piece to like, and they, it was huge, right? It was this huge sculpture. They put it in a park and stuff, but he does all the sculpture and he's the nicest guy. And he teaches high school. He does this whole shop and he's like, man, you gotta, you gotta come up here. And he lives like one town over from me now. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. We got hooked back together after all these years, because we kind of stayed in touch. and um, Oh, this guy's out. been in Conjoin. That's where I know him from. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, he's been in the Conjoin show. I was yeah. like, I know so, that name. Yeah, he's awesome. 
He's great. He's a great guy. He's a real fascinating dude. Um, but he's trying to get me to do bronze sculpture. So I'm like, he's just like handing me like just big lumps of clay. He's like, yeah, just sculpt some and we'll go cast it over at like Pratt and blah, 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 right. something. So I want to do that. Like I want to like, I'm going to can sculpt, oh, right? Sculpting I'm, is so fun, man. I know, right? Yeah. It's so, so fun. I'll do that. And I've been uh, working on uh, uh, writing and drawing a, a comic books. Oh, cool. You know, like mm-hmm. just like completely outside my wheelhouse. But like I, I kind of loved comic books. I didn't really collect the comic books. My dad, again, who kind of had a thing about like, if you're going to read, you're going to read literature like Robert Louis Stevenson, like, <laughs> uh, which again, to his credit, great books. And yes, I'm going to get a lot more from them than I would comic books. And so I never really got to the point where I'm like, I'm going to be a comic book artist. Right. And much later on, having been introduced and then becoming friends with a lot of comic book artists, I'm like, you know, I kind of want to do that still. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to write a story. And in doing that, I kind of realized that, again, the art that I do is has a story it has that that it is macabre it is but there's a under underpinning oh yeah story to it yeah it all it's it all seems like uh it takes place in the same world in its own reality it has a it has a throughput and and in kind of coming to that realization i i i I said to myself i was like well i'm 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 not really a a fine artist i'm a a storyteller and i Mm -hmm. want to tell these stories and I, and and I can tell bigger stories, more complex stories, um, with with more panels and pages and stuff. And so I started I started writing it and and getting into it and realized I had absolutely zero idea of what I was doing, like <laughs> nothing. Like I put together a painting and I'm really good at it and I know exactly where the composition is supposed to go and everything. But all of a sudden, now I'm like, all right, I've got a bunch of tiny little paintings mm-hmm. that all have to work, and they all have to like flow into one another. Right. And then I have to have dialogue boxes that are part of that composition. Right. And I have to fit the text in to those dialogue boxes, so it can't be like very verbose. It has to like be this truncated text that isn't also. Right. It was, it was this, compound. I was just like, this is like, I have literally no idea what I'm doing here. <laughs> and it was fascinating and exciting. Oh, wow. Because it was so like, it, like all of a sudden I was like 12 again, trying to fucking drop Conan. Right? right. Like, like, I don't know where the deltoid is. I don't know. My <laughs> arms looked right. I mean, it's like, it was so big to put this stuff together. Wow. How far so along that's, are you? That's on where it? I'm at now. How far did you get? Uh, I, I currently, I'm still working on book one, and I had 15 books planned out. Wow! That I've written, <laughs> I've written the whole arc for. Oh, amazing! But like again, it was like, start, it's starting to like take up a little faster now because I'm like because it was at first it was just like I have no idea what I'm doing. I'll right. just drop out. No, that doesn't work. I can pull that apart. And, so it's the 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 process is getting easier 
mm-hmm. and it's going faster. But yeah, it's it's been really and and it and it hasn't been hundred percent constant because it's like I'm still like kind of getting the occasional job or right. You know, I only, I'm not working on it full time. I'm yeah, still you got, doing. You're dealing with the kids, things. taking care of the kids, and all oh that yeah, stuff not too. Only, but like, like yeah, that aside, like I'm still like. Like, oh, I still want to, like, dabble in painting, and I still want to, like, draw this thing for this guy, and, like, you know. <laughs> so, it hasn't been a full-time gig, but it has been interesting. And, I, and I'm sure, like, sculpting would be the same way. I've had this, you know, kind of idea that I want to, like, um, sculpt uh, and do bronze sculpture, but I also want to, like, try, like, making models, like, diorama, like, yeah. scratch scratch building like little robots out of like bar stock and oh yeah right you know yeah and doing little because i used to uh i used to paint miniatures when i was like because i played D when i was Mm -hmm. growing up yeah same here i put them in little scenes and whatnot it's like if i could do that with like you know and then you get on pinterest and you see like people are doing like these models of of of, uh junker cars Mm -hmm. and doing rust on them and stuff and like eating through the paint so cool shit like all of this translates exactly one-to-one over to doing the robots that i do right and if i could if i could realize that in 3d with a little model you know like in a scene and like how fucking cool would that be oh yeah so fun yeah so that's i mean there's so much that i want to do and it's just like yeah it's it's uh it's like being a kid in a candy shop all of a sudden it's like i'm yeah free to be the artist that I've always wanted to be without having the shackles of, of bills. And, yeah. You know, that's amazing. And an envious position to be in for sure. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm forever grateful for, for what uh, my wife's done for me that in that regards. And, and she's, I mean, she's okay with it. She always, she's her one, her one uh, request is that if, uh, if it ever goes anywhere, she wants to be the plus one on the red carpet. So, <laughs> of that's course. all she wants of course yeah. <laughs> that goes without saying i would i would uh i would i would think nothing less yes so. how cool yeah that, that that i i've talked about this before on the podcast how you know my whole goal because my my uh my stepdad who raised me since i was like maybe six years old or seven or something mm-hmm. he was a painter and he was, yeah. he just, yeah, yeah. you know, when I, growing up, he, he was, we were just like, it was feast or famine our whole yeah. lives. Yeah, and yeah. so that was part of the reason I got into makeup effects because I just was like, you can't make a living as a fine artist. My dad's amazing and he can't right. do it or he can, he's barely doing it. Right. And so yeah. part, part of, you know, I, you know, there's the whole story, but I got totally burnt out on effects and sick of it. So I decided to be fine artist and, <clears throat> My idea was I want to be successful where my dad couldn't do it. I want to show, I don't know. I want to make him proud and I want to sure, make a living doing it. And so, you know, it was, it's been, uh, I don't, you know, since 2002 that I've just been every, every month struggling, you know, or no, I, I quit. I started 2002 and I was doing that while I was in effects. And then I quit mm-hmm. effects mm-hmm. in like 20, 10 or I don't even remember somewhere in there. And then I was full time and I just yeah. had to fucking bust my ass every single month yeah. to m- yeah. bring the money in and where it was, it's been, it was so 
insane. But I was just, I, I was, I had to, it's like, I, there's no other choice for me. I have to, yeah. you know, I yeah, got yeah. myself in debt doing it. So it's like, I was kind of making a reason to have to make a lot of money so I could pay my debt off. But it was like, yeah. I was also just trying to make my living at it. But as much as it sucked and it's, and it's been so very painful, it made me produce so much work. You know, yeah. it just made yeah. me produce like hundreds of paintings. And, and so it's kind of like. It was a it was a weird blessing in disguise to have to to put myself in that position because it forced huh. me to really learn faster than I probably would have and produce way yeah. more than I probably would have and and really focus on that goal. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I I uh, I I have always had a job. I've never been able to commit to being just my ass in the wind. It's hard, I, man. Always, I've always yeah. <laughs> always i've always had a backup and i and i'll do like i want to do fine art but i also am going to have this full-time gig doing video games right right? so i know i i really respect people that can do that i know a lot of illustrators that do do it and have families that they support right um i'm not that person i i know i'm not that person and, and as such i just i can't i can't commit to that yeah yeah well it's 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 one of those things that i you know wasn't that kind of person either but i put myself in a position where i had to be (laughs) so it's like i had to learn how to do business i had to learn marketing all this shit i was not interested in but but it was but it actually in the long run it's like you know kind of made me well more well-rounded and it was like i learned all these new things and you know, it all worked out in the end, but, um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's a weird thing. Cause I just, you know, my whole fine art career, I've just been complaining about being broke and being stressed out and just like, it's just like, sure. why, why am I doing this? And then, yeah. and then you, and then you finally get to a point where I'm at now to where it's like, okay, I've got, you know, I've, I've, I'm, I'm not totally stressed out this month. I've got maybe a month, month or two, uh, bills paid in yeah. advance for the first yeah. time ever and so i'm looking back and i'm like you know i'm seeing the value in that you yeah. know I, I hear you you know but so it's like you know having to make money is a is a is a is a big motivating factor and you know but on the other hand i don't get to just make dioramas and comic books if i want to <laughs> it's like right. you know yeah, i'm working to get to that place to where i can do whatever i want sure. Everywhere though, like every time I turn around, I see Chetzar. I know, yeah. but I like everything. <laughs> but that's part of it's out of necessity, you know. It's part yeah. of this thing. I'm trying to get to this place where. Well, you I, just have to reach that that tipping point, right? So Malcolm Gladwell, man, tipping point. There, there will reach a uh, that uh, that weight of right. your presence will just eventually kind of catapult you to become self-sustaining yeah yeah um yeah it, i get it yeah it's been I, a bitch though <laughs> i bet i i i'm utmost respect for you man i i don't i could not do it i could not do it yeah if you had to you probably could <laughs> but you would probably wouldn't want to <laughs> i go live with my probably <laughs> yeah it's if funny you're... it's funny because you know I, you know, I have the same impulses you do. Dioramas. Sure. S- sculpture. 
Sure. I want to make a comic book of my world. I'm working on a book of my tying all my panties together called Dystopia. Sure. Yeah. It's yeah. the whole world. And um, I mean, that's my ultimate goal is once I get this book done, which I'm going to, which I'm planning on trying to do next month, is get it all finished. Um, I want to do a comic book, you know, just like yeah. you're, you're saying. And it's like, it sounds so fun. And I was never like a superhero comic guy. I was a, I was a no. I was a horror comic guy, yeah. You know, which is really kind yeah. of a weird offshoot of comic books. But like those old EC horror comics and stuff. Yeah. that's what oh, I yeah. was into. And the idea of illustrating something like that with my characters just sounds sure. so much fun. Yeah, I, I, yeah. No, I don't do I don't do superheroes. I, I'm not a big superhero guy. Yeah. No, my my comic book is. Uh, a uh, a barista uh, that works in a in a coffee uh, well roadside coffee stands gets mm-hmm. uh, accidentally teleported into a um, fantasy world mm-hmm. and he has to he has to uh, be the hero that he really isn't uh-huh. <laughs> and it's all based on the fact that like this very vital treasure was stolen by a ninja that looks like a French seaman and uh, and a talking flower stole. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's fucked up, man. It's, it's oh man. Great. Sounds amazing though. <laughs> I would read yeah. that. So, so yeah, it's, it's going to be, uh, it'll be interesting. Do you have any, uh, what, what are you doing regarding shows? Are you, are you still kind of like after that last one in May? Or yeah. Just kind of like, so, uh, yeah, I've, I've got literally nothing lined up. I, uh, Kirsten asked me to do something for rock. LaRue. I was just like, yeah, it was right at the tail end of me working on, the the um showing at uh haven i was just like you know i can't I, I just can't i mean i've got probably about three or four paintings that are sitting in the wings waiting for me to to work on mm-hmm. and i'll have things painted and i'll put them up on the web i mean that's that's not a, like i always be more than happy to to put it out there but um i've got nothing lined up and and again i just it's not really something that that is I, I don't want that pressure yeah i mean it sounds yeah sounds great to me yeah <laughs> having nothing it, lined it's up not, not, right <laughs> it's, and it's not it's, um it's it's midwest guilt really is what it is it's uh, it's not uh i don't feel like i want to do it it's it's the idea of saying yes and then not being able to do it right. disappoint right oh, yeah. that's really where the the anxiety comes from right I, I, right yeah and if you could avoid that kind of anxiety then good right i mean, yeah. I, mean I, I i uh canceled all year i everything i had except for i got a piece i got to do for the blab show uh yeah this yeah. week but other than that and that was i i kind of committed to that a long time ago but i i i have to get my book done it's four years yeah late. right I mean, <laughs> so it's like it's so that's, late honestly, that i just had the to... money is that's the other thing it's just like you will never make money work for somebody else i and i it took me like I, I mean i guess i never realized that because i always worked for somebody else but like yeah i mean you could get paid really well right but you like you want to like really make money you got to do your own ip yeah. and that's really where it's at that's and that's and there's no better time to do it than right now it's, right I mean, not and not just because of the the you know we're getting older and we need to fucking work and 
if I wait until next year, I'm just like miserable and it's going to be a point at which I cannot work anymore. But like the interconnectivity and the, the, the marketing and the platforms like Kickstarter, GoFundMe and stuff, it's like so much like opportunity for just nobody's to make fucking, there's a dude that made just shitloads of money because he was going to film himself making mac and cheese. You remember? (laughs) Like when Kickstarter first came out. I mean, oh, like, that's right. Started. That's right. Because everybody thought it was like, oh, this is a great joke. I was just like, I'll get my buck, right? Yeah. But if like, if you have, if you can convince a hundred thousand people to give you a dollar, which mm-hmm. is nothing to most people, all of a sudden you have a hundred thousand dollars. Yep. Right. Yep. I mean, it's like the concept is sound. I know, I know. It's yeah. It's it. There really has never been a better time to be an uh, an artist. I think in the history right. of yeah. the world. Oh yeah, I I agree. I, it's uh it's an interesting time and and uh, and so much opportunity out there for for doing stuff. Yeah. And yeah. And if you can just find that moment, find that kind of space to do your thing and which is wholly yours and put it out there then yeah fucking do it that is the perfect place to end the show because we're at an right? hour and a half right now All and right. it's like it couldn't couldn't be a better place to stop okay <laughs> yeah, good. i'm good do, do you, uh, you so you don't have any promotional things or uh anything place to go no, if you want to see more of my work, just go to my Facebook. Do uh, look uh, just Brian Despain at. Uh, I have a. I made the mistake of doing both my personal Facebook page and my professional Facebook page are both named the same, Brian Despain. Right. But uh, yeah, you can see my artwork there. Um, yeah, my website has been updated in God knows how long, but you know, I'm always if you want to contact me. I'm always willing to answer questions or say, say hi, whatever. Uh, if you want to show me your artwork, great. I'm more than happy to critique it. Uh, whether you want me to or not, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Brian at despainart.com. Just, uh, go ahead and write me. I'm always open. I'm not shy about talking. And he's a nice guy. As you can tell everybody, I'm sure. Mostly, mostly nice. Depends. <laughs> Depends on how much I've had a drink and what the kids are doing. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, man. That was super fun. Was Absolutely, gr- this has been this has been amazing. This has really been a great experience. So. Yeah, great to finally learn about you, and um, yeah, and I'm glad to be able to tell you how much I admire your work. And I, um, I... sorry, my uh, sorry, my alarm went off. Oh, that's weird. Travis Louis. That's I thought it was my phone. Travis Louis calling, FaceTiming me. Oh, Travis. Oh, yeah. You know Travis, right? I do. I do know Travis quite well. From Rock LaRue, I imagine. From Rock LaRue, yeah. We've hung out together. We hung out together in Atlanta at uh, Dragon Con. Oh. Yep. Yeah, he's a great dude. Yeah, I like Travis. He's one of the first people I contacted. I was like, how do I get into doing shows? Oh, wow. Like, yeah, so he, he kind of introduced me around. And yeah, he's the guy. I remember someone referring the, to him as the mayor. Yeah, he he's, is. He's like always introducing people to each other. Trav, oh Trav, yeah. Tell me, say hi. Uh, yeah, I will. Been a while. 
Yeah, it's a cool community. That's the other cool thing about the the art world is is uh, the vast majority of the artists are cool. Yeah, Great people you want to hang I, out with anyway. You know, very few dicks in the art. <laughs> yep, it's true. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Mostly, I think because we're so desperate for human contact because all we do is sit and paint. You're right. <laughs> That could be it. We're not. We're, we haven't been burned out by humanity yet, right? <laughs> well, um, thanks again for coming on. Um, Absolutely, hundred percent. Let me give the little spiel here, everybody. Thank you for listening. And uh, if you would like to support the Dark Art Society Patreon, you can join for a dollar a month. Get in the free Facebook group, the secret Facebook group. Get in the free Friday night art jams we have, which. If you're not doing anything on Friday night, it would be awesome yeah. to have you on. It's just like Maybe. people yeah. just hang out. You don't have to be drawing or painting, but people, most people are painting, and they're ch- just talking art shit and yeah, creating. Absolutely. It's really we'll fun. See. Yeah, we'll see what I can do. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yeah, yeah. so it's only a, a, a dollar a month for everybody listening. You help support the podcast, keep it free for everyone, blah, 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 all that same stuff. Okay. Same stuff I always say every every week. So, okay. Thank you, Brian. It was a pleasure. I appreciate you My taking pleasure. the time. No problem. And uh, thank, thank you everybody you, inter- for listening. Say goodbye. Every- say goodbye, Brian, to everybody. Bye, Internet. Goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye Internet.